Hi, this is Dustin Hobbs of the California NBA. Welcome to Connect, our monthly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. Um, again, this month, uh, as everyone is sort of stuck at home, we're uh, doing a uh, our part to at least bring you some more content. And so this is our uh, another one of our bonus episodes of Connect this week. Usually they're monthly uh, podcasts, but this uh, this month we're doing one each uh, one each week. Uh, last week we did uh, an interview, a great interview with uh, Amerihome's John Hedlund. So if you haven't watched that, make sure and go to our uh, YouTube channel and uh, check that out. This week, I'm really excited. We're going to be interviewing uh, Tim Wynn. He's the co-founder and CEO of Be Smarty, one of the uh, growing number of uh, the California MBA's uh, tech-focused members. So I'm excited to hear uh, what Tim's got to say and find out more about his backstory and what led him to uh, start uh, Be Smarty. So uh, let's uh, let's jump right in here, Tim. What uh, so what's what is your journey? Your sort of your backstory. Um, I know you've got a great one. I'd love to hear sort of your, your your journey from where you started to how uh, Be Smarty got founded and and uh, what took what sort of brought you up to where you guys are today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Dustin. I appreciate the opportunity to share and speak with you. Um, so I actually stumbled upon the mortgage space, hanging out with a buddy one day. He was a real estate appraiser. He said, "Do you want to go hang out or?" Do you want to just stay here and wait for me? I said, no, I'll, I'll go with you. Hop in the car, park in front of the gentleman's home. He comes out 15 minutes later with a, with a nice size check. I was uh, 20 years old at the time, right? So uh, 300 bucks was, was uh, a big deal. Uh, anyhow, so I said, what do you got to do to earn that? He said, look, I got to get licensed as an appraiser. And he said he was leaving to Washington Mutual to become a loan officer at the time, um, inviting me in, and that's how I got my start in mortgages. But particularly be smarty though, you know, through the mortgage, um, through servicing appraisals, did notary and title as well. Learned a lot about the back end. Didn't know much about the front end. And it dawned on us one day after I'm um, getting complaints from borrowers. You know, this is right at the onset of the financial crisis. Oh, wow. People were, you know, yeah, this was 2007, right when New Century went under. And you know, borrowers are called us say, hey, I can't find my loan officer. I don't even know what a Megan mortgage is. Uh, so we reached out to some of our clients, learned more about the, the front end of the origination space. And it just dawned on us that this data is out there. The experience could be better. Why are we uh, asking borrowers to fax in bank statements? Hmm. So, you know, at the time, there was a company called Mint.com that was coming around. We could import that in. So we put those pieces together and Be Smart was born in 2007. Interesting. Okay. So, I mean, the big uh, the big question today, I mean, that's on everyone's mind that uh, I've asked every everybody this month, and I'll I'll continue to ask it because, I mean, it's what's on everyone's mind is how are you dealing with the uh, uh, co- the fallout from the COVID nineteen restrictions and and sort of just the upheaval that's going on in the industry. I'm sure you know, it's it's interesting, you know, talking to you know whether they're, they're mortgage companies originators that you know there's sometimes there's more. Uh, folks that have to be in the office and that makes it a little more of a challenge. And we talked to uh, Josh Friend earlier this month with Incelerate, and most of his company had already gone um, uh, remote, uh, and so it wasn't that big of a hiccup for them to to switch over. What about you guys? What's uh, how has it affected Be Smarty? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, operationally, we've always had a work from home mode. In fact, we're moving towards a work from home in the long term um, before the COVID nineteen kicked in. Um, that said, because if, you know we are a SaaS company after all, we try to make everything digital, um, as little paper as possible. 
um, you know, remote tools like Slack, uh, mm-hmm. for example, the GoToMeeting is a good combination of all that. Um, the G Suite of products, right? So we're able to use that and continue operations when we had to move on a dime. Um, took us a little bit, you know, took our InfoSec director a little bit of time to prepare a couple laptops that were uh, not hardened. But once we got through that hump, everyone went home and worked fine. I actually found that operationally we're doing very strong and doing very well. Um, I, I think what it boils down, at least for myself, is the ability to manage remotely. It's easier to manage the results, if that makes sense. Yeah. So able to look at the numbers and able to uh, reduce distractions and focus in where focus needs to be. Uh, so that's how BeSmart is doing. In terms of our, you know, our clients, what we see is you know, we saw the big spike in March. Um, at least from our client base, we're still seeing the same type of application volume in the weeks afterwards as we did in the weeks prior. Uh, it's really now it's a matter of you know, can these loans close? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, seeing just the numbers of, uh, you know, unemployment, uh, first time unemployment claims that have just, you know, skyrocketed, it does does make us kind of take a deep breath about uh, going forward. But it's good to hear that at least so far that, uh, you know, pipelines are still still full at this point and still working through them. Um, so sort of breaking away from the, the COVID-19 talk as we could, you know, talk about that all day. And and uh, um, but I'd love to hear more about what you guys you got. Your focus has been at Be Smarty on the customer experience. I know that's been a big, big focus there. And that's been a big focus in the industry in general, especially on the tech side here. Where do you see that lenders are doing sort of the right thing? And where do you see that uh, there, there needs to be improvement in how lenders communicate and, and uh, work with their borrowers? Yeah, so at Be Smarty, our objective really is to make the, the process easier, faster, more transparent for both consumers and lenders. So as much as we obsess about how to make the consumer journey experience better, we put equal amount of obsession, obsession into the, in the lender journey as well. These are your loan officers, the processes that work in the system. Um, what do we see them doing right and what I'm seeing, you know, where they need to improve? You know, when I look back on our customers who are definitely, you know, what I would say is killing it, they have dedicated resources. It becomes not only a channel, it comes a new way of doing business, right? It's a mentality shift. Um, a lot of these companies understand that the skill sets that got them here won't get them there, right? So it's, you know, a lot of these fundamentals go beyond just technology. You can get technology from a lot of people, right? But without people processing technology working together, you can't create the entire whole. Um, now, from a technology perspective, what we see is the client's killing it or definitely looking forward. They're looking towards a time not only where it becomes a loan officer tool, but also looks towards it becoming um, more and more in the hands of the consumer. Yep, yep, absolutely. Do you see it more almost like a, a as closer, closer, as close as we can get to being sort of a, a self-serve thing or a, a you know, I, first thing in my mind when you said that was, you know, going into McDonald's and, there, you know, there's kiosks now where you go into grocery stores and, you know, self-checkout. You're seeing something closer to that than than where we're at now and maybe less less uh, hand-holding from the originator and more, you know, uh, control from the borrower's end? Um, it's, a, it's an interesting question. We see it from both spectrums. We have some clients that all they want is a 1003 automated credit, and that's it. Hands it over to the originators. They take care of the rest. Up to on the other side of the extreme, we have international banks that are looking for a, for a 100% self-serve by the consumer. Consumer can go through, I got it. If I need help, I'll let you know. And then we see a lot of stuff in, in, in the middle ground. The majority of our clients are in the middle ground. 
or they're trying to break away from, okay, um, I, I want to go beyond just a 10 on three and automate credit, I want to automate pricing, I want to automate AUS, I want to automate initial disclosures, all things that we solve, but the organization not, are not always ready for it. The originators are not always ready for it. Um, you know, we like to say, look, we're not trying to um, eliminate jobs. There always, always needs to be a loan officer, period. Um, but we want, we want to do is make sure the loan officer is focusing their attention and time and energy on the more difficult files. You know, the borrower with three REOs, right? the borrowers that um, have three co-borrowers, let's let them focus there, let the easy stuff go through, and let them uh, monitor as opposed to work in it. Yeah, so more you know, better allocation of resources, it sounds like. Um, so just as like the 2007-2008 the financial crisis really changed a lot of thinking and processes in the industry, do you think the, the current crisis, the COVID-19 crisis, is going to have that same sort of impact as far as just changing the way people think maybe it's about you know how how easily we all seem to have are uh, switching over to remote is that something that's going to be uh, a more permanent thing or do you think when we when we, the economy opens back up we sort of snap back into you know old ways of thinking um my personal opinion is covid-19 is changed the world we're not going back to the way things used to be um, you know, this is really going to be more of a personal, um, you know, opinion than anything. But um, I think that once people are now working from home, they're going to want to continue working from home. You know, when we took a survey at our, at our organization, 80% of the people want to continue working from home. The others actually want to go in the office for whatever reason, right? They want to be around other people. They want to collaborate. They want to do those things. So we're going to support both as an organization. But I can tell you personally um, there's a lot of good that have come from this, right? God bless the people that are affected directly. Um, but, you know, for, for example, right, we all heard about the air pollution, better, water quality, better, uh, more time with family, you know, not eating out, eating at home and eating more healthy, right? Um, spending more time with my kids, and, you know, we are talking about it a little bit earlier. So a lot, of, a lot of stuff that's coming out of it. I, for one, would definitely be more cautious, especially during flu season when I'm out. I'm not going to accept the fact that I'm going to get sick a couple times a year anymore. There's ways you know you can be prudent about it and avoid getting sick, you know, even if it's just a simple cold or flu. Yeah. But I think a lot of those will transform our model, right? Work from home is definitely there. Um, the, the the ability to to collaborate remotely, to serve your customers remotely, definitely a very clear direction there. Yeah, I think for for a lot of companies, I mean, the uh, California MBA in, uh, in what I'm thinking here. I mean, it's one of those things where when it first happened, there was a lot of uncertainty because we didn't do, we weren't, you know, uh, primarily remote. And so there's a lot of, you know, concern about, is this going to work? How is this going to work? And then sure enough, within a couple of days, all the kinks are worked out. We, you know, are still do having our staff meetings uh, remotely and using all these, you know, technology tools that we've been hearing about for years that we're now finally using and work seems to work fine. So yeah, I think to your point, it is especially the work from home thing I think is here to stay and and as we get back into the fall when and, and we get back into flu season again I think it's going to be another reminder um, of just how Absolutely. important it is to give people that option to work from home um, so getting back to sort of uh, your uh, sort of what you guys do at uh, be smarty and uh, the changes in the industry what do you think are the biggest impediments to uh, sort of speeding up and simplifying the mortgage process even further than we're at now I mean is it the appraisals is it the document signing, the notarization, something else? I mean, what is it that you see as one of the biggest impediments to the, you know, making the process better? Yeah, I, I actually have a pretty unique um, a perspective on it. Um, I still go back to the fact that there's a shift in strategy. 
a shift in business processes and thinking that has to occur. But if you're talking about the nuts and bolts of the uh, the mortgage process, uh, what makes us unique, right, is we put borrowers into a paid appraisal in about 15, 20 minutes. So we found ways to automate the pricing, the AUS, the, the disclosures, the e-sign, et cetera. Uh, so for us, we feel like we've gotten that taken care of, right? But so what, the question for us is where do we go beyond that? So that goes into the e-close, e-note, e-recording side of the world. But definitely with the COVID, you know, you got appraisal issues, you got notary issues, you got title recording issues. So that automation of the backend processes, except for, especially those that have to deal with brick and mortar type institutions and processes and, and uh, functions, we think that's where the, uh, the, the lift needs to come. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, so when it comes to automation in particular, where do you see that, uh, I mean, we've already covered this a little bit, but where do you see uh, the process can be automated further and where do you see that just something that, I mean, maybe this is where you talked about, uh, you know, borrowers with uh, um, unusual circumstances or just kind of tricky circumstances, maybe that's that's where the process is not going to be automated ever and that's where, you know, the, a good loan originator is needed. But where do you see the process can really be sped up with automation? Um, gosh, I mean, everywhere, right? And, and I'll say that lightly. Um, for example, you know, our customers will push product and pricing and eligibility in front of the consumer. That's not very commonplace, right? Most originators want to control the pricing, control that experience. Our customers have taken a, a much more aggressive approach. So we've worked with them closely, for example, to say, okay, let's teach us how to think like a loan officer. You know that, you know that better than we do. Um, so once we understand that, we're able to say, okay, if it's a purchase, if it's this type of scenario, this type of timelines, we present pricing a certain way, right, to, to, to optimize it to be easier and more transparent to that consumer. Um, so, you know, those processes can be automated, right? We automated AUS for the last, just 2016. You can take a borrower-consumer-driven application, all data entry by the borrowers, uh, run it through an optimizer, and then we can feed that over to DU and LPA get the results back 99% of the time, you know, with valid findings. So, you know, those are the type of challenges that we like. Um, so I don't feel like there's anything out there that can't be automated. Now, are there certain things that can be automated less than others? Absolutely, right? Title recording, for example, that's going to take years and years of working with over 3,000, you know, offices around the country to, to, to get right. Uh, but there's great companies, title companies out there that are starting to do that already for us. Yeah. Well, I know when it comes to um – e-recording and uh, online notarization. I mean, California, honestly, when it comes to um, online notarization, that is something we are way behind, but I know a lot of other states have already, you know, been aggressive in pushing forward and allowing that, and companies are moving forward with making that part, just a part of the process now. So hopefully California gets to that point here in the next uh, year or so. And maybe even this crisis is sort of gonna give the, uh, uh, give government in California the opportunity to sort of, allow for some uh, uh, online notarization, kind of see how the process works. Uh, so sort of stepping back away from the industry for a second, I'm, I'm curious to know, um, you've sort of got that uh, entrepreneur uh, DNA, you've got that that uh, attitude that's just different, I think, than a lot of other people who just, you know, and I'm one of those people who I just would never think in my mind that, you know, I'm going to start a business. It just, you know, doesn't occur to me the same way it would occur to someone like you. So. You know, you've started a few businesses in the past. What suggestions would you have to someone who maybe does have that same bug that, uh, that you've got and is interested in starting a company? What are maybe some tips that you would give them? Um, first, never, ever give up, right? Believe in what you want to see happen. Believe in your abilities. 
Um, forget the naysayers. Right? Just go in and do it. I think everyone's capable. Um, you got to be a little risky to make that leap. Um, get your finances in line or admit the fact that your finances won't be in line for a few years, right? Um, so you got to actually, you know, you really got to give up to gain, right? So you really got to make a decision if this is something that you want to do. For me, I was born to do this. You know, I come from a family and of multiple generations have been entrepreneurs. That's all we do. Uh, so, you know, we live and breathe it. So for me, it, was, it became very easy. But, you know, working with friends and, and, and peers, you know, around the community, I, I really kind of just the same advice. Just if you want to do it, just do it. Believe in yourself. Forget the naysayers and make it happen. Um, it's going to be a grueling road, but it's well well worth it. If that's those are the type of rewards that you want. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so sort of uh, as we uh, start to close out here, what uh, what's one thing that you would say that uh, mortgage bankers should know that they don't. I mean, you've said a lot of things today that I think obviously mortgage bankers should know and should be paying attention and taking notes, but there's sort of one thing that you could leave us with. What's one thing that you see that they should know that they don't? That's a great question. I would say, and I said it earlier, what got you here will get you there. Hmm. Right? The way you originate, the way you run your business, the way you, you function yesterday is not going to get you there tomorrow. Right? For example, when you originate loans, you have the luxury of being on a phone call. You can fill people out. You can shake hands. You can kiss babies, right? Um, you can crack jokes. You can build that relationship. As the world moves more digitally, those skill sets go away. It doesn't mean you can't develop skill sets that, that match, but you have to start working on those today. It, it's a long-time journey, right? It's not going to happen overnight. You, know, you have to learn to read the analytics, learn how to communicate in different mediums and write differently, communicate differently in writing or chat or you know, smaller bursts of, of information. Um, so what you got you here won't get you there tomorrow is really the, the best um, I, I can say about that. Yeah, and some, from someone who, I mean, this is my job to communicate. It is definitely a different world, and, and uh, I, I grew up writing long-form letters uh, in the political world and now, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's now the shortest of short uh, phrases and hashtags that are, are uh, the nomenclature now. So, uh, Tim Wynn, thank you for uh, joining us today on Connect. That's all the time we've got. Uh, make sure to uh, subscribe to our channel. Uh, there's links on how to get in touch with Tim and Be Smarty in the description below. And we'll see you next week on uh, Connect.